Hi, it's Matt. Just before we start the show, I want to tell you about a great live event I've got coming up on the 27th of March. To celebrate 600 episodes of Recruiting Future, I'm going to be hosting a live Ask Me Anything webinar. This is your chance to pick my brain on anything you like, including market trends and predictions, the impact of AI on recruiting, skills-based hiring, the changing role of recruiters, podcasting tips, or even my favourite Scottish tourist destinations and whiskies. Literally, ask me anything. I'll also be joined by some surprise special guests who'll be adding their perspectives to the conversation. You can sign up now by going to mattalder.me slash AMA. That's mattalder.me slash AMA. And I really look forward to seeing you there. That web address one last time. mattalder.me slash AMA. Support for this podcast comes from Smart Recruiters, the hiring success company. Smart Recruiters is an enterprise-grade talent acquisition suite designed for hiring success. Move beyond applicant tracking with a modern platform that provides everything you need to attract, select and hire the best talent. From candidate relationship management, sourcing and recruitment marketing, to screening, selection and offer management, experience a talent acquisition suite with a user experience that candidates, hiring managers and recruiters all love. Companies from Kelly Services to Visa to Bosch leverage smart recruiters to achieve hiring success and expand their business. Visit Smart Recruiters at www.smartrecruiters.com to find out why companies across the globe consider them the number one ATS replacement. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 149 of the Recruiting Future podcast. The future of work is a popular topic on this show, and it's fair to say that there are lots of different expert views on it. Sometimes though, it's important to dig deeper than opinions and theories, and explore the attitudes that will actually shape the future of work. I recently worked with my long-term collaborator, Mervyn Dinan, alongside research professional Nick Price to produce a report for the brilliant team at Kelly Services that does just this. To discuss the findings with me, I'm delighted to welcome Richard Bradley, who's Kelly Services Managing Director for UK and Ireland, to the show. Hi, Richard, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, Matt. Good to be here. So could you just introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do? Matt, that's kind. Uh, my name is Richard Bradley. I've been in the recruitment industry in one size uh, or shape for about the last 24, 25 years. I'm currently the UK and Ireland Managing Director for Kelly Services. And for those of you that know Kelly Services, you probably think of us as a traditional uh, business that looks at temporary and contract staffing um, in the blue collar space, uh, we're going through a rather large transformation, um, and actually are the seventh largest player globally in life sciences, um, and we're going through quite a large transformation, which was 
what made Kelly a very exciting place to join. So what we're going to talk about is the future of work. Obviously, something that's been covered from lots of different angles before. Now, we're talking about it because Kelly have a new report out, which I'll talk about in a little bit. Um, But before I do, I just wanted to ask you, why do you think it's important that we keep talking about the future of work? You know, Matt, I think the the future of work um, is really important. Um, We're definitely living in the most challenging times of our lives um, we're living through a complete and utter, uh, complete and utter new age of instability. You know, it's never been so you know so chaotic out there, and the speed at which we live our lives means we're constantly having to adapt and change. And technology today is making everything even faster. Um, I, I think if you look at the world, it's getting smaller. Our cities are getting larger, and the people that inhabit them are more diverse. Um, and as we all know. Um, People are what make good businesses. And as a result, you know, if you look at the way of work and how it's changed, in 2018, in the top 10 in-demand jobs didn't exist in 2000. So I do think we've got to look and anticipate about what the future holds. And I, and I think it's personally really fascinating and a great time to be in the industry. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree with you more. So just to talk a little bit more about the report that Kelly Services have produced. Now, I'm actually very familiar with this report because I actually co-wrote it. Um, I co-wrote it with my long-term collaborator, Mervyn Dinan, and and we work with Kelly Services to look at what people think, what people really think about the future of work. So the report is based on some really robust research. We surveyed 14,000 job seekers across 10 different countries. And we wanted to move away from the, the, the standard 10 to 20 year predictions um, about the, the future of work and the, the world being ruled by, by robots. Uh, you know, and, and lots, of, lots of interesting discussions that are out there. But we, we really wanted to look at what's important to people right now in terms of how their jobs are changing and what their key topics of interest are going to be when it comes to work um, for the next two to three years. So very much looking at the future, but perhaps from a slightly different lens from some of the other content that's out there. So Richard, having had the chance to read the report, what what stands out for you? I think I'd agree with you in the fact that uh, I think uh, I think it covers a lot of the traditional things, and I think a lot of those come out in the report. But I think what really which what really struck me were um, some of the the areas that we were talking about um, the whole piece around employee experience you know there's a lot of talk at the moment about candidates as consumers but I think I think it's I think it's a bit more in, integrated than that and I think there's that there's certainly a lot of stuff coming out of the report that suggests that that is absolutely key um, the other thing that I thought was was really interesting was looking at the fact that um, a lot of stuff that was being talked about around leadership um, and the need for certain characteristics um, for leadership, and what I found really interesting was the fact that that the importance a leader plays really does develop and change depending in some of the different geographical locations you're based in. So, from my perspective, I thought that was that was really interesting. So, we divided the, the report into three sections because we were we were covering a lot of ground. The, the first one's called the human workplace, and we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that a bit more in a second. The second one is inspirational leadership, and the third is alternative ways of working. And these are really the core themes we noticed coming coming back from the research. 
So to talk about them briefly in turn, the human workplace, really, I think the most interesting aspect that came out of this for me um, was really what you'd already talked about, Richard, in terms of um, the critical importance of the employee experience. And it was a a key factor in how people decided which employer they wanted to work for um, and how long they actually stayed in the recruitment process and whether they ultimately accepted the job. So that was pretty interesting for me because it's it's something I've always had a hunch is very, very important. Um, And it was really interesting to actually see the data on it. Yeah, I agree. I'd agree. I think some of the data that came out there was, was, was interesting, I think makes good reading. And I think the other aspect of the human workplace section was where people actually got their information from during the recruitment process. So a real focus on the amount of information that was available on companies that they could find. Um, and also a, a real importance, um, real importance attached to online reviews. Um, is that something you're seeing on a day to day basis, Richard? Absolutely. Absolutely, Matt. I think it's, it's really interesting to see that, you know, the, the amount of information that is out there for people to understand organisations today, both around um, what they do, um, but a lot of what we're seeing is it's more about what they stand for, what, what's important to them, what, what is it about them. You know, in the US, they use the, the expression noble purpose. Um, and we're seeing a lot of that. You know, what what does it really mean to work for this organisation? What are you giving back? What's the general view of that? Um, and I think, therefore, what you're finding is all of the traditional channels where you might look at a corporate website or you might find people looking at information on review sites around people's products. You know, you've got the likes of Glassdoor and lots of other review sites coming up where people are talking about, you know, is the wrapper in reality the the truth of the product you're eating and you know there needs to be a real understanding that you can't just portray what you want people to think you are you need to have a lot more honesty around you know this is where we are today and where we're trying to get to tomorrow and and we're seeing that level of um, that level of transparency really being needed and you know I think I think the report talks about you know people are getting um, information on jobs now from about 14 to 16 different sources um, and that's just just phenomenal I mean it's just there's so much information out there about not just individual you know not individual companies but individuals that you might be meeting with such as LinkedIn so you know you get to really get an opportunity to explore before you even start to engage with an organization about whether it's right for you or not and I think the other thing in this section for me was um, around employee engagement um, because it's a it's a well known conference truism that the majority of people are, are not engaged in their job, and actually this survey shows completely the opposite that there were really high levels of employee engagement out across Europe. Is that something that surprised you as well? Yeah, I think it does. You know, I think certainly in the UK we always try to look for for, for reasons why things aren't working. I think that's just a naturalism of of, of us as a, as a nationality. Um, but I was really surprised to see just genuinely that it, it doesn't take an awful lot to get engagement of people right. Um, and as a whole, I think people are probably more engaged than perhaps we give them credit for. And it was really interesting to see that come out through the report. Now, 
the second section, which is something you've already alluded to, is inspirational leadership. Um, and again, some really interesting things here. Uh, first of all, the real importance of leadership and what people want from it, um, and a real high score for high focus on accountability um, and honesty. D- does that reflect what you thought it would look like? It, it does, but I th- again, I think there were some interesting points that came out of it. I mean, you know, from a personal perspective, you know, leadership is about instilling confidence, and it's then about being able to help develop and grow and empower the people around you. You know, that for me, in its most functional level, is is what leadership is about um but what came out in the report was yeah that's great but they also really want to see leadership take accountability you know that that humility about do you know what? i tried something and i got it wrong coming from the leadership team is incredibly powerful um and that level of honesty um it, it, i think that, that's some of the stuff that creates some of that stickiness and you know, it, it's what I call believability. You know, you're here, you're not just sat there with some spreadsheets, you're kind of really taking leadership to the forefront. And I think that from the, the very top of the organisation down into to middle management where people are just being a bit more human um, and taking that little bit of accountability for what they do is, is, is absolutely proving good steads. And that came out loud and clear on the report. And I think the other thing was the importance of training and development. And, there, and there's a real desire, it seems, for, for people to embrace new ways of working and learn new skills, um, particularly those coming out of um, digital transformation um, initiatives. Now, that's pretty crucial, isn't it, to the future of people's careers? Yeah, it is. But I think what's really interesting, Matt, is it's, it's always been one of the first things that tends to get um, get chipped way out in a certain but in somebody's budget when times are a bit of a bit tight with an organisation and you're not you don't find that investment and you know what I think was also quite interesting is it was it wasn't just about learning and development for for people within their own organisation but it was also being given the opportunity to to expand stuff in their personal life because you know that blurring line between work and and home life is getting more and more important and. If somebody's learning and developing at work, great. If they're also learning and development at home, it makes a, a fuller, happier individual. And that also came through in the report, which, again, I, I hadn't really looked at it in that way. And I think I think it's an interesting way of looking at it. And, you know, investment in that learning and development culture for people is very important for us at Kelly. And I think it's something that we're starting to see more and more organisations put um, probably more credence to than they have done in, in previous years. Absolutely. And I think that takes us on very nicely to the final section of the report, which we called um, Alternative Ways of Working, which is essentially about homeworking, uh, remote working. And there was a lot in there about work-life balance um, and the border between the two. And I think the thing that struck me of most, as most interesting about this is, you know, all the talk you hear about um, everyone wanting to work remotely and everyone wanting to work at home. Uh, that isn't the reality that came through in the report, is it? No, I, I have to say I was genuinely really surprised about that. Um, but then when I gave it a bit more detailed thought and think, I think of my own personal situation with the family, I do love to be able to have the opportunity to work from home. Um, but would I want to do it 100% of the time? The answer to that's no. Um, you know, there was a lot of talk about the you know, that interacting with colleagues, the water cooler moments um, are, are really valued in an organisation. And I think some of the stuff that came out around sort of the ways of working, it was, it was, it was 
slightly slight odd things like perhaps not having to wear a suit to work is actually as important as being able to give somebody the opportunity for flexible working. Um, and flexible working doesn't necessarily mean home working. It just means I've got a commitment. Can I come in a little bit later and leave a bit later? And it was more, more around flexibility of work and, and accepting that sometimes life gets in the way rather than necessarily the whole concept of being able to work at an alternative location that came through really loudly in that report. And I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. There was there was only a small minority of people who wanted to work from home or, or a remote location all, all of the time. But a large majority wanted that flexibility. And again, it was interesting that one of the biggest drivers of this was the importance that people put on face-to-face interactions with colleagues. Uh, and it shows that, that technology isn't always the panacea that we think it is. Um, and humans talking to humans is is still absolutely critical. So reflecting on the whole thing, a, a couple of questions in one, really. What's your biggest takeaway from reading the report? Um, and, and what are you most excited about in terms of the future of work? Two great questions, Matt. I think that the, the, the first one, what's the biggest takeaway is that actually that there, there are a few, a few very simple things that people can do to have a massive impact on the people that they work alongside and work for them. So, you know, I do, I do ask everybody to take the time it takes to read the report and look at, you know, some of the subtle changes that you can make I think can have a significant difference on on your organisation, um, and I think that was that was what came away loud and clear from that report for, for me. Um, in your second question, what am I most excited about in the future? Um, I think that's a that's a really difficult question to answer um, because there's just so much. Um, the world of work is changing. You know what we're doing, how we're engaging with it. Um, what I'm really excited about is that at no time do I think there's been this, this level of opportunity for people to really shape the future um, and work is no longer a constraint where you do what you do in a particular box, but you actually have the opportunity to, to, to break down some of the traditional structures in work and, and have the opportunity to influence and shape businesses um, And I think that's really, really exciting. So I'm certainly looking forward to the future. Richard, thank you very much for speaking to me. Matt, it's been an absolute pleasure. And I have to say thank you very much for your contribution to the report. I think it's a a really interesting and thought-provoking piece of work. My thanks to Richard Bradley. And also my thanks to the marketing team at Kelly Services for working with us on this project. I will put a link to the white paper in the show notes so you can follow that and download it to read it for yourselves. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts or via your podcasting app of choice. The show also has its own dedicated app, which you can find by searching for Recruiting Future in your app store. If you're a Spotify user, you can also find the show there. You can find all the past episodes at www.rfpodcast.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to the mailing list and find out more about working with me. And that's the site where you'll find the show notes with a link to the white paper. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next week and I hope you'll join me. This is my show. Thank you.
Welcome to Don't Retire, Graduate, the podcast that asks you what you want to be when you grow up so you can graduate into retirement with a purpose and a passion, whether you're 25, 85, or any age in between. Gain actionable financial and mindset tips from your favorite authors, podcasters, and influencers to help you reach that exciting next chapter. Listen now and start building your path to financial freedom and reframing what retirement can mean to you. This is your host, Eric Brotman, reminding you, don't retire, graduate.